So welcome to this week's episode of Crap No One Tells You. And with me today is Pam Kelly from our local Chamber of Commerce. And um, Pam has actually been involved with more than one chamber, which is part of the reason why we brought her on. So welcome, Pam. Thank you, Gummy. Happy to be here. So let me start with a very, very broad question. What is some crap no one tells you about running a chamber? Ah, that you absolutely have an incredible diverse number of personalities to work with. Um, you know, everyone's a member. Everyone um, has uh, an opportunity to participate and everyone is coming from a different perspective. And so you now have to manage their interest level and uh, <laughs> their personalities. And so it definitely gets to be a lot of fun. Not to mention the different types of businesses they're in, exactly. the different types of priorities. Exactly. So um, I can imagine events and board meetings are fun. They are fun. Again, it's, you know, you have to stay. So the one thing I kind of feel like, you know, you're the, the, um, the referee maybe, or you're the, 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 uh, the coordinator to make sure that all of these different thoughts and recommendations are in the best interest of the chamber and not somebody's own um, initiative that they want for their own business or that you need to be able to make sure, again, that it, it fits for the broad um, opportunities for the benefit of businesses and not just one or two industries. So it definitely is a lot of juggling all of the, the recommendations. There's hurt feelings along the way because <laughs> someone thinks that their idea is, is very important and, and critical to the chamber. And you know, when you kind of step, take a step back, it's very important and critical to them and potentially their industry, but not the chamber in general. So I think one of the misconceptions people that aren't involved in chambers have is that they don't realize that most chambers are actually a nonprofit, right? So a lot of times people think, oh, it's a business chamber. It's a business community. All they do is advocate for the businesses. And, um, I don't think people realize how much a chamber actually does for their local community, for example. Correct. And the other thing that, that really that goes along with that is it's, it's rare that you find somebody that actually understands how chambers are funded. So because of, of our structure, we don't accept um, individual donations like a nonprofit would. Um, we can't apply for grants. And we do not get any federal or any type of government funding. So we are completely self-funded basically through sponsorships, advertising, events, and member revenues. Um, so through all of that, that money comes in and it goes back to the community in various ways, whether it's to help provide um, professional development for the businesses so that they can continue to grow and succeed, or it's having events where we actually do engage with members of the community. We do a, um, a, a day at the Reading Phillies. We have a health fair and opportunities for the members to get out into the community. So let me uh, ask a very blunt question. Um, are chambers dying across the U.S. or are they seeing, are they strengthening in numbers, so to speak? I don't think they're strengthening in numbers. I think the strong ones will absolutely continue. This chamber's 109 years old. And so I don't think that recent, um, you know, things that have taken place uh, in our world is going to change that. I think it's going to continue to evolve and potentially look different. There's about 13 chambers in Montgomery County right now. Yeah. And so um, is there a place for all of them long term? I guess is probably not. Um, so I would say, yes, a strong chamber will still be here. But I think over time, there will be less of them. Do you think a lot of startups, entrepreneurs, um, even smaller entities 
could take more advantage of their local chamber? Absolutely. And there's just, the small businesses, startups are actually perfect for the chamber because you don't have a lot of money to dedicate to marketing and um, and resources that you have. Sometimes you're, you're, you're it, you're the company. <laughs> and so um, the chamber really gives you through so many programs and opportunities to network and make connections um, that you just can't, the, the price of a membership for the chamber is is so inconsequential to the benefits that a business can get through it. I think um, one of the things that, um, because I joined the chamber very, very early on, and we've had this conversation that when you took over the chamber, you had a waiting list of people wanting to talk to you about how crappy the chamber had been. Um, and you have made drastic improvements with that chamber. But it wasn't until you took over and I saw what a properly run chamber looked like that I realized not just like the marketing and connections, all that stuff is how many other helpful business owners were actually readily available whenever I went to an event. Like I would run into a CPA and they would just answer my questions. Like I would run into a banker and they would just answer my questions. And I'm like, oh my God, like all the resources are right here and they've been here the entire time. I just wasn't utilizing them. Correct. Like to me, that's what a properly functioning chamber is, is, and it's like you said, it's, you are fully funded basically by the businesses in the community and your primary objective is to help nurture the businesses in the community, right? right. Like it's, it's a self-serving entity almost. Right. Right. So our role is to have the opportunities. So it's the events and the programs that, that get those people all together in the room that, that you can meet. So do you think every new business should look at their local chamber? Absolutely, without question. <laughs> no no self-promotion there. <laughs> no, I think I absolutely agree. I, in my chamber that I worked for uh, previous to, to being here, when I started and I told my father how many members there were, and he said, well, that's every business in the community, right? And I said, oh, I only wish. And, and his comment was, I don't understand why every business shouldn't be a member of a chamber of commerce and yeah, I'm more pressed to understand why right. someone wouldn't. Uh, so, and pe people join the chamber for different reasons, and you know, to no surprise, I I know you. So we've had these multiple convers we've had conversations like this multiple times, and I always said my reason for being in the chamber now is not the same reason for when I joined. Correct. Right, like because we like to give back. But I don't want to be out there handing checks to the local food bank or whatever it is. I see it as my benefit to support you guys and have you guys then support the community. Like, so I, I think also business owners that are further along often miss opportunities with the chamber just because they, we have this narrow vision of what a chamber is. Correct. And they don't, I don't know, I just feel like they don't fully understand nor utilize it. True. The challenge is really trying to get to those larger businesses to um, understand that their small investment that they make, whether they want to participate and come out and meet with folks or not, still goes a long way in being able to help those smaller businesses be able to grow. And really, it's this successful business community is a successful community in general. So you know, we're not asking for a lot of money and it's not a donation, it's a business expense. That's right. the other difference 
between supporting a chamber versus supporting a nonprofit. Again, just all coming from a different place through your accountant, but it is a business investment. So you're not just writing a check that's that's not kind of benefiting you, you know, directly. Tax deductible. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, yeah, but that is, so you were talking about the evolution of your business. So when you start it, again, it was a great opportunity. And now you've reached the point where you're now giving back to help support others that are starting. Yeah, so, someone that was where I was right. 10 years ago or 15 right. years ago. Right. And the majority, I would say, the majority of our businesses are still those younger in their their times of, of where they are in, their, in the evolution so of their business. when you say that's more, are those more the people that are active within the chamber, the smaller entities? The... Correct. So for us, about 70% of our members are um, 25 and under employees. Okay. And so uh, of if you take of those, I would say probably 70% of those are the ones that are active. When you get to the larger businesses, they pick and choose what they participate in, but they're not nearly as active. And again, you start getting into those layers where our contact might be the director of HR and not necessarily a business development person or, again, depending on their organization, they may not even want local business development. Um, it's just not in, you know, their national or international company. And so uh, they're participating for the good of the community. So I know you guys do a ton of events throughout the year. Um, what are some, what are some things that you would call like key events? Like if I wanted to get introduced to a chamber and I know nothing about it and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to pick a random event off their calendar to go to, to get a good feel for, for the chamber or two events, right? Like whatever the number is. So for someone starting out, when they look at their local chamber, what type of events would you suggest that they go to the very first time to kind of start getting a feel for the chamber? Because a lot of times we have options. Like I could have joined any one of, you know, five chambers that are all local, but I ended up with you guys. So for someone starting out, what event should they go to? Well, you want to look at a chamber that has a diverse portfolio of, of, um, of events. We try to set them up before work, lunch, and after work so that it gives a business, depending on what your schedule is, the opportunity to still participate. So they're not all after hours and you've got a family and you need to get home. So so we set them up again with um, throughout the month. And I would suggest that a new business go to one of the, the pure networking events. Typically, there's an opportunity to do a 30-second commercial and those companies are more than welcome to introduce you around. It's some of the places where some of our small businesses have made their first connection and have continued to grow from there. So one of the, would that be more of a structured event or like a happy hour or? Either. So the, so some that we have, we have some morning and lunch events that are smaller. So maybe there's 25 or 30 people. There's an opportunity to make more, you know, intended, um, time sensitive questions or comp, um, Conversation. So you're able to sit and move around and, and meet more people during those type of sessions. They, they happy hours, you know, there's large groups there, but you know, you're not going to, you know, get to meet everybody. It's kind of, you know, more, you make a couple uh, connections at those. And uh, it's just nice to be out when there's a lot of people there, but not necessarily meeting 50 people in that hour or two that you're there. So with your events, do you see that it's, I mean, you said earlier that about 70% is a smaller entity and they're probably active. Mm-hmm. So when you say active, do you mean those are the people coming out to these types of events or are they active in other ways within their chamber? So I would take those 70% or throughout. So we've got committees, um, we have events, we have, um, so with networking events, we have programs. Um, 
We have, of course, you know, the, the girl network, <clears throat> excuse me, group. And so they're out weekly meeting with a specific group of members. And that's been a really good way for businesses to make strong connections and, and, um, and grow their business. Okay. What are the plans for growing the chamber? How? Well, let me start. Let me rephrase that question. I'm assuming like every other business, you're going to have challenges when it comes to growth, right? Because everybody has a unique setup and you're no different. You can call it a chamber. You can call it whatever you want. At the end of the day, it's run like a business. Correct. So you guys as a chamber, and I, I'm asking you this because I know you were involved with another chamber as well. When you guys sit down to strategize, how are we going to grow this chamber? What are some things you guys look at? So there's a couple things. Um, we just put together our new um, two-year strategic, three-year strategic plan. And so a couple of the things is we want to make sure this chamber reflects um, the community as far as the diversity. And we have not um, to date done a, a fabulous job at that. They, we have not reached out and really made a special effort to, um, to different ethnic business owners, to minority business owners. And so now there has been a concerted effort to work with some um, community groups and community members to make sure that we always say the chamber is open and welcoming, but if you don't know that it's open and welcoming, you <laughs> right. You know, so I'm the best. So we don't understand why everyone doesn't want to just come to our events. But if you're not aware of them and you don't come to an event and see people that look like you, uh, again, we're making a concerted effort to do that because there's a large number of businesses in this community that currently aren't members. And there's no reason they shouldn't be if they know all that we do, because, again, we're going to support them as we would any business. It doesn't matter. Um, the other thing we're looking to do is work more with our young professionals, because at some point uh, they're going to be the leaders of this chamber. And um, so we need to make sure that they see value in the chamber, that they get involved. And so we just created a program where the young professionals are going to be working with our nonprofits. So we can strengthen the community using our young professionals and get them more involved in leadership roles. And so those two things are primarily what we're looking to do that we haven't done uh, strongly in the past. And then, of course, it's growing your market share. So it's looking at other areas where you aren't necessarily concentrated um, as far as uh, where your members are and, and moving events and things to that area so that there's opportunity for them to participate. But ultimately, the heart and soul of the chamber is is the community. Correct. It's what it boils down to. Correct. It's nurturing not just businesses, but also by doing, by helping the businesses, you're helping the community overall. Correct. Sounds easy. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Every day. So, you know, we made it sound really good, right? Like everybody's going to run out and join a chamber right now, which... They're not. They do. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both know they, they're not. Can right? I get our website in? <laughs> so um, you guys actually actively recruit for the chamber, right? Like you guys are like any other business. You have to go get the business. Right. Right. Is that generally like a hard sell? So you can't really sell the chamber, honestly. <laughs> I, you know, I, so if you think about... Um, going and knocking on doors and trying to sell your product, whatever it is, it doesn't work. You know, no, one, no one is sitting at their desk waiting for the chamber representative to come in and say, do you want to join? And they've, you know, they tell you they've been waiting 
for the last year for somebody to do Wait, that. that doesn't happen in your it business? It just doesn't oh, happen. Wow. It doesn't happen. Almost so, everybody else has that happen. <laughs> like, we just walk out there and everybody's just fighting on us. Yeah. Right. So, um, so obviously, like any business, you have to have the funnel. We, we just need to continue to reach out. We invite um, non-members to participate in our events so they get a chance to, to meet some people. Once you meet the other businesses, once you see it in action, that's when we're able to convert um, businesses to, to see the value. So there's some time to time people know about chambers. Um, franchises, for example, often um, the franchise owners are told that they should join their local chamber and we'll get people that will just register that way. Others that have been a chamber somewhere else, in a chamber somewhere else, so they moved to the area and um, or they left a company and started another one and, and they joined. So you do get people that'll just sign up randomly, but for the most part, it's reaching out as you would with anything. It's about yeah, and nurture a lead. But it's it's kind of unique because once again, it comes back to the, you're recruiting, nurturing, growing businesses in the local community that then will recruit, nurture, and grow the next generation. Like it's almost like a generational knowledge being passed on. Right in the local business community through a chamber. I mean, there's other ways that's done too, but it's just interesting that the chamber is such a unique platform, I think, where that happens on a larger scale than people realize. And one of the things I always tell people is if you're starting a business, especially if you're starting like a local business that focuses on the local community, you you rely on walk-in customers or um, you're an HVAC guy and you only work locally, is I always tell them, go find five or six business owners that have been in business for five plus years and talk to them. Like they will tell you more than you can absorb in any given conversation on how to succeed in that community. Right. And that to me is something that is invaluable, right? And that is those opportunities are often created within things like a chamber. Correct. And you know, I, I just, I think it's undervalued being able to connect with other business owners and, and really learn from them because, you know, you talk to business owners all day, right? We all run into the same potholes where we're like, man, if I knew that pothole wouldn't have been there, I wouldn't have hit it. Well, you could have avoided it if you actually asked someone that drives this road, right? Like they would have told you, yeah, mile marker 128. There's going to be a giant pothole, right? <laughs> but that's the type of knowledge that I think is, and you guys do a ton of educational events right. as well, right? Right. Exactly. We try to stay up on the current um, um, events, different types of things that business owners are facing and being able to provide information. So we do, you do cryptocurrency is actually coming up to talk about that. Uh, it's personal and professional, mm-hmm. you know, so we try to look at topics in that regard. We looked at um, the great resignation. So some of them just are opportunities to generate conversation. Others, again, we put together marketing programs, put together cybersecurity programs. So really anything that works within the the businesses. Um, and these are opportunities oh. for someone like that's starting their business. They wear all the hats. You may not get comprehensive knowledge of something, but you will know enough that you know what to ask. Correct. And sometimes that those opportunities open doors for then relationships because all of our speakers are our chamber members. 
So again, you attend a, a, one of the sessions and you may not get all you need to know, but that speaker may end up with a client. Um, it's not, you know, you don't go into it with that intent, right. but those kind of things will happen or further conversations or referral somewhere down the road. So it's all, you know, kind of works in conjunction with one another that the, the members speak and um, just take it from. So we're in the past. Um, were chambers, because I remember um, someone told me a while ago that one of the reasons chambers were fairly prominent back in the day was because, let me see if I remember this correctly, you needed some kind of stamp if you were exporting products or something. So we still do that. It's called a certificate of origin. <laughs> okay. So the Department of Flavor, I don't know when, uh, granted Chambers of Commerce um, the the authority to be able to put a stamp on these export documents. And depending on the country, um, they require that stamp. And so we do them routinely, and, and most chambers do offer that stamp. So that's actually stamp. still being done. still going on, yeah. Here we have the uh, internet and cryptocurrency, and and we're still putting stamps by yep. the local chamber. Yeah, because, yeah, some of the countries, they won't accept it without it. Are there any other, like, so back then chambers were important for a multitude of reasons, right? Like those, I'm assuming not every member needs a certificate of origin for something they're exporting. Right. right? So, but what are some other things that, you know, chambers used to be important in regards to that may have kind of gone by the wayside or because you guys have had to evolve like every other business, right? right? So, well, one at, at a time there was, um, um, collected health benefits. So um, up until I want to say maybe 20, prior to 20 years or so ago, maybe even more now, where chamber members could pool all of their, their volume. So their health care volume. So, so it was like a group insurance. Right, exactly. So if you're okay. two or three employees, you're getting the price of the large volume, um, you know, that the, the insurance company would, would put that out. Over the years, that was canceled. And so that's no longer available. But, in, but chambers had exponential growth during that time because you needed to be in a chamber for that. And well, businesses yeah. joined literally for that and could have cared less about the rest of the services. The rest was kind of just the extra. Right. That was the bonus stuff. Exactly. And so what ends up happening was when that was pulled, some chambers struggled immensely from because they had um, had so much of their revenue committed through that program that some closed, some had to reorganize. And um, so that that took a big hit. Um, so yeah, chambers have to continue to evolve. There's, there's times, you know, your programs aren't necessarily stay current all the time and it could be a large revenue generator for you. And as business changes, it's no longer of interest, uh, for whatever reason. And so what was a significant portion of your budget is gone. Right. And so you're constantly trying to figure out. So for us, about 50% of our revenue is from dues and 50% is non-dues. Okay. So you need to maintain the members, but you also need to have them in the community participate in what else you do. So that whole buying insurance brings up another question, I think, is are there certain things that you guys negotiate on behalf of the members? Like if I, I don't know, uh, do you guys have a bulk contract with someone like T-Mobile or like, because a lot of these corporations or these larger entities will often negotiate with a company and saying, oh, by the way, all your employees get $20 off their cell phone plan or right. whatever. Like, do you guys do any type of that? 
So we do have a couple. We don't have an awful lot of them, um, but there is, we have a, an arrangement with a telecommunications company. We do it with um, a um, office supply company. And then actually we do still have some health benefits. They're, they're not nearly what they were, but there's an opportunity for, um, depending on the type of plan that the business would set up, can still save money through the chamber. So there are opportunities still to look at those types of things Correct. with the chamber going, hey, they... They've negotiated. Yeah, they add up. Again, I would put that as that's extra, not necessarily a reason to. But like if someone is trying to justify spending, I don't know what a chamber, let's say it's $300 a year, right? right? And you look at it and you go, oh, look, they have a UPS contract or they have a contract with my cell provider that's going to save me $160 a year. It, and it becomes really easy to justify spending that extra $140 and get all the other stuff with exactly. it, right? Because, I mean, I remember being a, a very, very early startup where it's like, okay, do I pay my cell phone bill or do I put gas in my car? Right? Like <laughs> that's the reality of, of sometimes startups. So every penny literally matters. So I was just wondering if there were those types of things that they, they sh should look at. We do. And I think some of the larger chambers have more negotiation. Um, I know the Pen Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce, right. for example, which is huge. Right. Um, I know they have some of those things right. and the, uh, the regional ones, not as much, but we do. Have, and again, they're not going to be as competitive as a state chamber is. Sometimes the state chamber passes things along through to us. Um, but again, right now it's, that wouldn't be, I wouldn't say that's the sole reason it's again, to your point though, it gives you, um, added benefits to say, okay, well, I don't have to, that's a little bit here and a little bit right. there that would come off of that. So do you guys out. work with other chambers? Uh, so we do some, um, we'll do some networking events together. Okay. And so, um, but either the, the challenge is either we're served the same geography, which makes it challenging then to, to work together, um, too closely, or we're in relation, we're in, um, geographies that aren't necessarily where members would travel to, but we do usually do once a year, a called a mega networking event where we'll bring together several chambers and, uh, one of the members will host um, the event. And so it's a great opportunity to meet people that you probably wouldn't meet any other time. So, um, but yeah, routinely we do not. That's pretty cool. Just one last thing that I want to bring up, because I don't think people realize this, that if you are a voter and you would actually like to talk to a politician, um, I've noticed that a lot of chambers actually have the ability to get politicians for their local district to show up at events and actually have conversation with members, which I thought was fascinating because you go to one of those events and I think I've only ever been to one, but I noticed there was only like 30 business owners in the room with politicians that are normally at events that are like town halls and there's 200 people. And it was an opportunity for the people that were there to actually get to know whoever was going to be representing them. Is that something chambers commonly do, or is that something that's unique to you guys? No, I think a lot of chambers are definitely doing that because, again, it kind of goes back to our advocacy role. And although we're not necessarily, we're not lobbyists, although legally we can be, most of us um, really try to stay neutral when it comes to issues um, in politics. But we do we'll have commissioners. We've had um, the local representatives out we're actually planning in September meet the candidates so it's going to be all the folks that are running for um, office in November so you have a chance 
um, if you're undecided and you want to come out and meet. So yes, we do do those in a, uh, a number of chambers. We'll do the same. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I enjoyed the conversation and um, we will put some links to your specific chamber. All right. And um, I will encourage everyone, um, go look at your local chamber. There may be more to it than you realize. And I'll see you guys next week. Very much. Please make sure to visit our sponsor, rednight.com. They help small businesses with their marketing and become awesome brands that are built for success.